0: Today on the show, we discuss what it takes to be a hero, and the entanglements that can hold us back from doing what needs to be done. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Connor. And I'm Lawrence. And uh, I'm excited to be back at it again on the infamous grind. Love it. Yes. And uh, we got a heater this time. Got a a great topic for you once again.
1: Yes, if you're a fan of uh, Tenet and or the Umbrella Club, uh, you might find this episode to be
0: particularly interesting you mean umbrella academy right oh yeah shit <laughs> but but no uh it is great to be discussing infamous again and uh we're, we're kind of going back to the beginning going back to the original game we covered um second son last time but we're winding the clock back to the game that started it all the first infamous
1: and quite literally a uh clock rewind this episode will be yes <laughs> Yeah, we're we're
0: winding back several clocks uh today. So, we wanted to discuss the main villain from the first uh infamous game, a uh mysterious, very uh enigmatic uh character named Kessler. And um uh, it's needless to say, uh you find some shocking truths about him at the end of the first infamous game. And uh we wanted to just sort of get into where exactly he was coming from. What kind of motivated him, and really what what was behind his master plan? Because it's a little it's a little confusing at first. I mean, I, I played this game way back in college, and I I've been kind of unwinding what was going on with Kessler sort of ever since, and uh, been waiting to talk about it ever since. So it's a great opportunity to finally get this out in the air.
1: Yeah, and I think unlike most uh, villains in video games, Kessler is is lot different because you know kessler has a lot of different motives going back and forth he's more than just like your typical evil villain even though he appears to be
0: that on the outside right his his mission is very personal like he doesn't seem to have many personal attachments throughout the game but you realize at the end it's all extremely personal to him Mm -hmm. It, it comes from a very human place i guess we might as well just go ahead and get the major spoiler out of the way for uh For what, a uh, 10 or so year old game? Um, Yeah.
1: If you you haven't played Infamous by now, I mean, you're probably not going
0: to. You've been warned. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Consider yourself warned. We find out that Kessler is basically the future self of main protagonist Cole McGrath. He's basically Cole McGrath from the future. And uh, that kind of turns the entire narrative of the first game on its head, needless to say.
1: Yeah. And they did a good job of throwing that in there once you've already once he's already done some really like kind of crazy, questionable things. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, if you haven't listened to our last episode on Infamous, um, where we kind of explained like people, there are powered people in this world that are known as conduits and they're people that can control some sort of element or have some sort of unique, like destructive ability. And amongst these people, Kessler is probably one of the most powerful
0: yeah definitely he He comes from a future where conduits may it's not really clear how many conduits there are in the world if like uh the event that gave Kessler his powers um created other conduits or if he was like the only one, but yeah, either way, he was known as a very strong very capable conduit one of the one of the most powerful there is. I think basically the same way that Cole gets his powers there there is some information that points toward Kessler kind of getting his powers in the same way but just slightly different circumstances.
1: Uh see it's unclear there I think there are several several schools of thought of how this goes. Right. Um I think it's like it might be more closely how like Delson in the second game gets his powers, mm. where they just kind of
0: naturally occur. Yeah, they um, just manifest themselves somehow. We don't really know how, right? So what we do have, what we, what information we do have though, tells us that Kessler is just, you know, in his own timeline, he's just kind of a family man. He just seems to be a regular guy with a with a wife. And two young daughters. And lightning powers. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that little that little detail. Yeah, a wife, a couple kids. Uh, you can shoot lightning bolts out of his hands. Uh, yeah, so he he just has these powers. He's very capable with them. But then, out of nowhere, an immensely destructive and monstrous conduit, known as the Beast, appears. And starts just destroying cities, entire cities. And what does Kessler do? well he could have fought and it's made clear that he was strong enough to defeat the beast but with a wife and two daughters he had a lot to lose so he decided to put his family first and just sort of avoid the danger that the beast posed yeah i mean
1: they didn't give really i mean they don't give too much explanation as to why he ran in the first place other than he had a family but i was i was always curious if he was actually stronger strong enough to beat him or if he was just the only person that could fight
0: it, it does seem as though Kessler was probably the only individual capable of stopping the beast's rampage and so you know you'd think that he would take the opportunity to end the threat early but the way I see it in his own timeline Kessler just thought I'm not going to put my family in the line of fire basically i'm not going to put them in danger by joining this fight maybe he thought i'll let the authorities handle it maybe the army will take care of the beast <laughs> but of course that ends up not working so he yeah, basically can. just keeps okay, fleeing yeah so w- whatever his reasoning was it seemed like he basically just decided this isn't my fight my, my place is with my family and keeping them safe but unfortunately he eventually ran out of places to run to uh, at a certain point There was basically nothing left of the world. The beast had destroyed everything, and he ended up losing his wife and daughters. And at that point, he decides that uh, he failed by, you know, choosing not to take action, and he decides he's going to do something about that. He's going to go back in time, change the past, and make himself ready to face the beast. Kind of a a mind-bender there, but that's what he decides to do. Yes. So it seems
1: like in his grief and, and, you know, with the loss of his family, he actually gains this new ability to take like a one-way trip back in time.
0: Yeah. It's, it it is made clear in the game that the trip is one way. So it's like, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to fact check the science on it. It's just, you know, he may, he may, he makes it work somehow. Quantum entanglement or whatever. He, he makes it work
1: supercharging electronic particles inside of
0: a being and direct that's, know, that that sounds right honestly i'll i'll <laughs> yeah. get it to you that's fine <laughs> but it, it does seem though that um a big part of his motivation though and we'll get into more we'll get into this in more detail soon but at the moment of his loss when he's you know lost his family the world has been destroyed basically it seems as though he's um decided that his past self he needs to change something about himself not just about how events went down, he needs to change something about himself. So that's what sends him back in time, and that's what basically kicks off the events of the first game. It's just personal for Kessler. It seems like the fact that the world was destroyed barely seems to make a difference to him. It was more about, I failed to act and my family paid the price. It's more personal for Kessler than, I can't let the world be destroyed. It's more about, I can't let my family down again. That's what it seems as though right. his motivation comes from.
1: Right, because and even in the game, they said that the beast followed him around. Right, so yeah, what it seemed like he's he had plenty of opportunities to fight back. He just never did because yeah. he was more concerned
0: with them. Right, but yeah, that's that does lead him to go many many years back in time, and he, I mean, I gotta give him credit, this guy. Uh, goes through such lengths. It's unbelievable, like, the foresight he has, the the detail and the scale of the plans that he puts into place. He goes back in time decades before the first game takes place so that he can yep. uh, basically take over this secret society, kind of an Illuminati sort of, sort of deal called... Uh, the First Sons. That's right, The First Sons. And under his leadership, they start researching and developing something called... The Ray Spear. Yes. And we later learned that, uh, well, we learned at the beginning that this is the object that uh, gives Cole his powers. And what he does here is is
1: absolutely incredible. Like, he goes back, finds this organization, he knows what they're studying, mm-hmm. he uh, usurps, like, control of this group, and then advances their technology yeah. to get it ready. All because he wants to use it to accelerate his self in the past, getting, getting his powers.
0: Right. He basically engineers all of these events so that his past self gets powers early. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: And it seems as though he simultaneously sets up the event that causes the destruction in the future.
0: Right. He, he knows that his past self, like he's lived it, so of course he knows. He knows intimately that his past self, Cole McGrath, is a young man working in a uh, fictional city called Empire City. It seems to be it seems to be based on or inspired by New York, but yeah, Empire City is where Cole lives, and he's working as a bike messenger. Cole, uh, Kessler knows all that, so he decides, I'm going to put the race beer in a parcel, <laughs> in a package, and then I'm going to call the company and specifically request that Cole McGrath carry this package. And then <laughs> I'm going to call Cole's cell phone and tell him to open it. And when he does, the race sphere is going to go off, and it's going to cause like a, almost like a nuclear level explosion, killing thousands of people easily, and also giving Cole his awakening Cole's conduit powers.
1: Yes, using the the energy of all those people that it killed too, which is.
0: it's nuts. Yeah, that, I forgot about that, but you're right. What the race sphere does is it kind of explodes out, absorbs the bioelectric energy of everyone around it, and then transfers all of it. Back into the epicenter, where Cole is. So, all the people who, most of the people who died in the Ray Sphere's explosion, gave Cole his powers. It's creepy. <laughs> that's a weird detail, but that's a good point. Yeah, that's what happens.
1: And as we get further along with what Kessler did, it it starts to make sense. <laughs> like all of the, all of this starts to make sense. It's it's just really grim. All the things that he goes that uh, Kessler does to make sure that. Cole is gets his powers and can use them effectively
0: exactly and it starts to show us just how uncompromising Kessler is in this mission he's he's okay with destroying a chunk of Empire City killing thousands of people just so that Cole gets his powers early he's that dedicated to sort of atoning for his mistakes and righting the wrongs of his past which is also Cole's future I know try and keep up this is weird but that's that's how it how it shakes out
1: You know, if you're listening and you're like, well, wait a minute, that's crazy. I gotta say, like, you gotta, the thing to remember is I think in Kessler's mind, his world was destroyed and this is a world that's similar to his with people that look the same and he's there, but to him, he's already lost everything.
0: Yeah. The world that Cole McGrath lives in is not Kessler's world, so he's not connected to it. That's a good point.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. I've got to go talk to myself. But stick around.
2: We'll be right back. We interrupt this podcast for a preview for a different podcast. I'm Bruce, a regular contributor to Lore Party. In the unforgiving world of the gods, there is an endless, vicious cycle of fathers killing sons, brothers killing brothers, and sons killing mothers. But Kratos, the ghost of Sparta, looks to end that cycle with his son Atreus, as they journey through the various realms of the Norse pantheon. Tune in to our God of War episodes where my co-host Abu and I discuss the latest installment in the God of War series from 2018 and the insightful ways the game creates more depth in a beloved franchise. Just check out our lower party feed and search God of War. It should be easy to find. We now continue your regularly scheduled podcast.
0: But no, yeah, this leads us to kind of the rest of Kessler's plan. The Ray Spear, you know, the explosion and giving Cole his powers, that's only the beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. The rest of Kessler's plan gets even more intricate and complicated. He, uh, he, he starts, you know, moving these little chess pieces, and uh, part of his plan is to turn Empire City against Cole, kind of make him a public enemy. And, uh, you know, one way that he does that is early on, He convinces or, you know, pays or hires or or whatever. He gets a uh, kind of a hacker slash pirate broadcaster guy uh, calling himself the voice of survival. He shows up on a broadcast and says, I have received information confirming that Cole McGrath, this guy here, I'm holding up a picture of Cole McGrath. He is responsible for the, you know, the explosion in the historical district. He's the cause of all of our problems. Get him. And so the entire populace is now targeting coal as the cause of all their problems. Which is which is insane.
1: <laughs> which is the start of just a shitty um just domino effect. But it you know, at the time he had you know, he he caught that food that was dropped mm-hmm. and he shared it with all these people and then, you know, gets labeled a terrorist.
0: Yeah, coal helps uh <laughs> get a supply drop down from a statue and he's like helping people out then suddenly they turn on him a minute later it's messed up this also costs him the relationship that he had with uh, his long-term girlfriend trish trish's younger yeah. sister died in the explosion and suddenly she's like what you were behind this cold she walks away and they're you know they're estranged from then on out so everyone turns on him uh only his best friend zeke sticks around because Zeke is a true ride or die. Just wanted to throw that out there. Zeke's a real bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. but Oh, God. That's all to say, though, that kind of the end goal of this, Kessler wants to introduce Cole to adversity. He wants to make Cole's life difficult. It, it, it's like that classic, you know, your parents making you do chores because it builds character. It's kind of like that, <laughs> except. He's also trying to show Cole, uh, you can't rely on anyone but yourself. Is kind of the message I think he's trying to send him.
1: Yeah, he he's teaching him that like do what needs to be done to get the mission done, um, and look out look outside of yourself, because like Kessler is teaching Cole to to do whatever it takes to, um, to you know to complete your mission for the greater good. No matter what happens. Right.
0: Even if you don't have the people on your side, you still have to uh, do what's right. Right. And he teaches him this in the
1: most fucked up ways possible. Um, But yeah, no, Um, this was probably the most uh, messed up decision I think I've had to make in a video game in the longest time. Yeah, man. Um, so you have to, you know, you get a call from Kessler because at this point in the game he is in touch with you and it just seems like he's doing whatever it is takes to fuck with you so he puts you through this like challenge where you have to save these people and so then you end up in a park and he presents you with two options he's kidnapped Trish the love of your life your estranged girlfriend and he's got her uh, hanging from a building on some contraption and then on the other side he's got six doctors Trish is a nurse by the way so she's like a first responder and she's been out helping people uh, Because at the time of the race fear explosion, uh, there was also a plague that that came because of it. And the city is in quarantine. So she's been helping people. Right. So Kessler is like, OK, there are these six doctors, six doctors in a like apocalypse style destroyed quarantine city that these people can help a ton of people yeah. or you can very valuable people like, or you can choose to save the life of the woman that you love. So you pick the doctors, he drops Trish and she dies. If you decide to try to save Trish, you find out that it's not actually Trish and she's over with the doctors and they all get dropped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like a decoy.
1: Yeah. So, so Kessler sets it up where he's forcing you to make the decision that, that, um, will impact the greater good even if it comes at a cost a personal cost to you because it doesn't matter you're here for the greater good and nothing
0: more right your your job is to reduce harm create good and I, if I'm remembering correctly if you do choose the doctors if you do the kind of quote-unquote hero choice the canonically good choice uh, Kessler calls and he kind of congratulates he says I'm proud of you call you made the right decision even while you were mourning the loss of Trish and Cole just doesn't want to hear. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I am going to find you and kill you. Yeah. But if you, if you make the other choice, Trish kind of, you know, admonishes you for, Oh, you're so selfish and yada, yada. And, uh, throughout the game, Kessler, you know, like you said, is in touch with Cole and he, he contacts him from time to time. And a lot of cases he admonishes Cole for decisions he's making, or he calls him a coward or he says, you lack conviction, Cole. You're not acting decisively enough. And stuff like that. it sounds like a coach almost, like he's just disappointed in Cole. Yeah. It, when you're first playing through for the first time, you're like, what the, what is your deal, man? What do you want from me? Right. But knowing that Kessler is Cole, it um it changes things. It changes the dynamic. It you start to see that Kessler has kind of like a self-loathing thing going on and he takes it out he takes it out on Cole, especially in the instance of um Choosing to save Trish, because he'll he'll just say like, "Oh, you 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 have no spine whatsoever. You 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 don't see the bigger picture." That kind of thing. Yeah. And the the lesson he's trying to drive home there, kind of like you mentioned, Lawrence. But just even even if you have loved ones, they can't come before the greater good. And you know, knowing what he came from in his future timeline, he learned that own he learned that lesson himself the hard way. So he kind of knows knows what it's like. Right. And he's come back in time to share that pain with Cole. And it's it's messed up, but knowing his reasons for that, it changes a lot about these interactions that they have. And, you know, even flipping it on its head a little bit, you
1: know. Trish was also the love of Kessler's life, too. That's right, yeah.
0: Jeez, forget about that. Yeah, in the future, Cole marries Trish, and uh, they have a family together, and that's what Kessler comes from. He has to come back in time and basically orchestrate the death of his future wife and torture his past self all in the name of preparing him to make the hard choices. It's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. Yeah. When you think about it that way.
1: Yeah. The, <laughs> this man came from, came from a very shitty future and yes. doesn't want that to happen again. And is, is he's doing everything he can to make sure it doesn't. And it's like, you got to admire his conviction. Not really, but
0: kind of. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's something about it though. Yeah, it's definitely conviction is a big part of it. And you know, that's, that, that's kind of another pillar of his plan. Like, you know, if we review really quick, his plan was, you know, set off the race fear, give Cole's powers, make his life hard <laughs> make him, you know, harden up and toughen up and, you know, be ready to make the tough decisions. Another thing is though, just keep taunting him. Like, you know, Try and make him better, and you know, we meant we touched on the the phone the phone tag they play, ta- kind of talking to each other, and Cole not having any idea what's going on, and Kessler is sort of holding all the cards and pulling all the strings, and just kind of giving Cole little clues like, you know, "I I know what's coming next, and I need to make you ready for it."
1: Yeah, there was like your first encounter with with him, mm-hmm. um, where you know he just kind of appears. I believe it was in the one of the districts in empire city
0: and I think it was the first one the neon district i think yeah and he
1: like grabs your face and gives you this vision of the future and you see all this destruction and then he just leaves and so you are you think this guy must have done that you know he must have done this like this is yeah. this is the you know big bad of the game and then he disappears
0: right <laughs> he just drops this uh this nightmare fuel onto Cole and then pieces out. <laughs> and right. Cole just kind of assumes like, Oh, this is what this guy's planning. He's going to destroy the world. I got to stop him. But, uh, yeah, no, not quite. Who better to fuck with you than your own self? Exactly. It was <laughs> everything about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just adding up all these cryptic little clues that Kessler gives Cole, like, you know, the apocalyptic future to come and admonishing yeah. him for being cowardly or selfish. It all adds up, to me at least, it adds up to this, you know, picture of Kessler. Even, you know, he's a badass, he's a mastermind, he's a psycho, but underneath all that, he's just a really guilty guy. He's a family man who lost everything, and he hates himself for it, and he transfers that, transfers that hate onto Cole. Yeah. Everything driving his plans and his ambitions that comes from, I failed, and my past self cannot fail. I won't let him fail. So it and, and then it all culminates toward the end of the game with the final battle, the showdown. And like you like you touched on, Lawrence, Cole just thinks, I'm about to fight this guy and I'm gonna prevent this end of the world scenario he showed me. I'm gonna prevent him from doing all that. And also I'm avenging Trish right now. But um after the battle everything flips upside down, as we mentioned, because Kessler sort of finally comes clean and shares the entire truth with Cole.
1: Yeah. And it's really powerful, like there's there's a, a really powerful like clip from the game that wraps yeah. everything up.
2: I looked down at Kessler, reveling in my victory. And then I heard him whisper, Trish, I love you. Please forgive me. Then he was on me, fingers digging into my face, as Kessler's secrets played out in my head. I finally began to understand. I saw his nemesis. A beast intent on extinguishing all life. In those early days, Kessler could have used his powers to stop it. But instead, he fled with his family, leaving others to fend for themselves. Hunted for years, Kessler and his family watched as the rest of the world went to hell. And then it was too late. Too late to fight. Too late to save anyone. In that moment of failure and grief, he used his newest and most dangerous power. He went on a one-way trip back in time, attempting to rewrite history. Kessler seized control of the First suns and accelerated the race sphere's development. Decades spent plotting the blast, organizing the quarantine, finding me. Yet the thing that drove him forward, Kessler's soul link to the past, was a picture from his wedding day when he married Trish with Zeke as his best man. My brain lurched, unable to accept that Kessler and I were the same person. That he'd come back in time to mold me into the savior he failed to be, going so far as to kill the woman he loved, I loved, so that I wouldn't be tied down by emotions. Now, Kessler wanted me strong. Ruthless, so that when I face the beast, I'd be capable of making impossible decisions, all for the common good. And then Kessler fell back.
0: Dead. That's the smoking gun when Cole realizes that the man he just uh, defeated in battle and basically killed, Kessler is himself from the future. These are basically Kessler's dying words and dying actions, because there's this big showdown Cole you know, gives Kessler everything he's got. He pours all of his power into him and blasts him with a lightning bolt. And with his final action, yeah, Kessler grabs Cole's Skull and just shows him all of that. And his last words were basically, Trish, I love you. Forgive me. Right. And it's just, oh man, that hits me because that's like kind of he did it for her, but also he had to cut her loose. He had to make make it so Cole was willing to let go of her in order to save the world. It's crazy. And
1: Yeah, he was he came here with a singular mission to train himself. He was prepared to die. He was prepared to do yeah, yeah. whatever whatever it took. That was such a um you know, was such a hard scene. And there was there was a part in it that really stood out. Uh, you know, when it was done and Cole realized what happened, he was like, you know, I'm seething with rage like I hate Kessler I hate everything about him and then he you know but it's it's honestly to hate Kessler is to to hate himself and I, and I think part of it is he kind of understands
0: yeah it's it's like you it's like Cole saw a uh, obviously he saw a potential future for himself but he also saw kind of a dark side of himself he saw the raw focus and the uncompromising ambition that Kessler had. And Cole knows I have that within me too. I have that potential, but he kind of decides like, I won't become that. It's it's weird because Kessler's plan kind of works. Yeah. He sort of does what he set out to do. Cole now knows that the beast is kind of inevitably coming and he has to be ready for it. He now knows how to use his powers, how to fight with them and he now knows that what's on what's on the line what's at stake and it's it, it kind of comes full circle kessler basically made sure that cole would be dedicated to succeeding where his future self had failed right but this does leave us with kind of a a broader question like was there another way and of course there were other ways but i think from kessler's perspective the only way to be sure was to um you know change change fundamentally something about himself because the beast was able to destroy the world in the future because of Cole because of Kessler he basically thought like I'm I'm the reason the beast wins so I have to make myself better but you know he could have just prevented the race fear from being invented so that the beast wouldn't exist but who knows that's I guess Kessler just assumed there's no way to be sure other than to make myself ready for whatever happens.
1: See, I was thinking about that today. I went back, looked at the end of the game. I watched some like play since it's been a bit, and I did used to think that, like, you know, hey, why didn't he just go back and do some stuff? But you know, even after playing Infamous Two and then realizing, like, Kessler also sped up the production of the Ray Sphere, mm-hmm. so you know without getting too headcanony i see like two potential futures where you have one where the race fear uh is completed and some accidental experiment happens in the conduit who you know ultimately becomes the beast john um is gets his powers or his powers naturally re- naturally occur just like how uh, Delsons and the other conduits do after infamous 2 um, and before, you know, like at the beginning of uh, Second Son, mm-hmm. so like we don't necessarily know if it was the race fear that caused those the, the power, you know, the problem because there was also no plague in the future, it was just stated that the beast came, right? Uh, I kind of look at it like the reason why Kessler did some of the stuff that he did was because he was not, he didn't, like you said, did he didn't want to leave anything up to chance, like he was covering all, um all probable events. Like Kessler wanted to make sure that no matter what happened, Cole was prepared to face this uh this villain and he went so far as to even being instrumental in the creation of that villain in
0: the past, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, cuz he, he knows uh who eventually becomes the beast. I guess that's yeah, I think he had a good point. He thought maybe I can prevent John White specifically from becoming the beast, but I, there's no way to guarantee that a, someone else won't get the same powers and do the same thing as the Beast did in my time right? so yeah, he's kind of covering all of his angles by just making sure Cole is ready and willing to do what he couldn't well, that about wraps it up, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us to grow the show And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. And check out our YouTube page for fun bonus videos and highlights. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.